The seed is the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This week we're still following Jesus as it were down from the mountain of transfiguration. Moving from Epiphany toward Lent. Transfiguration toward Calvary. And just like a mountain transitions to a valley, so does our lectionary. We're traveling, as it were, with Jesus on his final trip to Jerusalem. We're about 60 days out, but still not quite into the valley of Lent. We're still considering the Reformation solas. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Sola scriptura, by scripture alone. Sola fide, by faith alone. Good prep for Lent. These together mean that Christ alone saves us by grace alone. We receive this by faith alone, and we understand this from Scripture alone. We've got another parable today. Parables are an earthly story with an out-of-this-world meaning. Because, as we'll see, there's something, usually, that doesn't make any sense. Also, Jesus doesn't tell these parables so people understand. For the rest, Jesus says today, they're in parables. So that seeing, they wouldn't see. And hearing, they wouldn't understand. But for you disciples who are baptized and cherish his word, it is given to know the mysteries of God's kingdom. So, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, listen to the parable of the sower. There's a farmer who's planting. Now, in Jesus' story, as it was for that day, he is broadcasting his seed, just tossing it out. Quite different from our modern implements, but... Let's consider for a moment Jesus' parable in terms of our modern equipment. In the parable, the seed lands in the road, over some rocks, among thorns, and finally, in good soil. He's just throwing it willy-nilly. So, this would be, today, running your planter right down the road, through your pasture land through your easements and waterways. And finally, last of all, finally getting around to run it through your good, actually arable land. It's no wonder then that the seed gets run over or eaten by birds. It's no surprise that it withers in shallow, rocky ground. It's obvious that all sorts of other plants, even thorns and thistles, weeds, will outcompete it. In the end, quite a surprise, his good land in the parable produces is exceptionally well, 100-fold. That would be something like 15,000 bushel corn. 3,900 bushel soybeans, 6,300 bushel wheat. It's such a waste in the parable. Who would plant on roads 
or rocks or round weeds. And his harvest? Well, that's out of this world. Hundredfold? Really? You see, it is out of this world. Told that seeing they wouldn't see and hearing they wouldn't understand. But for you, what does it mean? Jesus calls it in Matthew the parable of the sower, not parable of the soils. Stop focusing on the soils. There's no reason to take this as a text of soils having to fix themselves, to change yourself from one soil to another, because as you all know better than I do, because I grew up in the city, soils can't change themselves. An abandoned farmstead can't turn itself into a fertile field. Neither can rocky soil or windbreaks or hedgerows. Though I'm sure it would be nice for you if your fields would spit out all of their rocks for you. So why are there these different soils? The Lord doesn't answer that question. What of that, as our first hymn puts it? Jesus leaves that to his own wisdom and his own majesty. He simply tells us that there are different kinds of soils, different kinds of hearers and hearts. He wants our attention on himself, the sower, and his seed. This parable shows the Lord's gracious and out-of-this-world sowing. The sower must have started out at the vineyard from last week's parable. Last week, vineyard owner gave everyone full pay. Today, the sower sows his full seed on every kind of soil. And the seed is the Word of God. God's Word is living and active. As we heard from Hebrews, it produces fruit, like seed that grows. His Word is powerful and life-giving. It would have grown on the path had the birds not eaten it. That's what Jesus hints at. It grew on the rocks. It grew among the thorns. It grew in the field. God's Word always grows, and it will produce 100-fold, unless, of course, it's taken away or scorched or choked. God's Word, His Bible, and His means of grace are that powerful. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Scripture alone, then, makes you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Only the Bible is God's all-holy word. It's sown into hearts each time we read it or hear it or even as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That is how all of us together 
plant the seed into each other's hearts as we gather. How Christ's word dwells in us richly, as Paul says. Not reading your Bible is the work of the devil, coming and taking the word from your heart. He wants to take away any chance you've got to hear how much you need Jesus and actually believe in him. Scripture, the Bible, contains the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, Paul says. And the gospel is the message that Jesus is dying and rising actually saves you. And the Bible delivers that message from Genesis all the way through Revelation. God's Word also says that Jesus sows this gospel in other ways too. Through preaching Christ and Him crucified for your sins. Through holy baptism. Through absolution. And through the supper of Jesus' body and blood for you to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of all your sins. The Catechism teaches us that Christ's words in the sacrament, along with the bodily eating and drinking, the words are the main thing in the sacrament. Good reason to beautify them with singing. Yeah, it's just, it's just a baptism. It's just another Bible reading, just another sermon, just another psalm or introit or canticle, which is just another song in the Bible or a hymn, just another time for Holy Communion. Not so. Each time, Jesus the sower going out to sow his seed, his word, into your heart. This is why the congregation at prayer also is important that this sowing of Jesus would happen not just here in this place, but that he would be scattering his seed into your hearts as he scatters his seed even within the walls of your own home. As James says, receive the implanted word which can save you. But even if the gospel's veiled, Paul says, it's veiled to those who are going to hell. In their case, the God of this world, that's the devil, has blinded unbelievers' minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. The devil would take it from us too. Make us hypocrites who say, by scripture alone, but never read it or learn it. Set it on the shelf after confirmation. He causes people to tune out faithful sermons and gobble up unfaithful ones. Causes people to wait to baptize their children, to let absolution fall into disuse, and not take the sacrament all too much. And there's others who believe and rejoice for a while. Then hardships or temptations come. They fall away. Others have got work or sports 
or family or other worldly concerns that choke the word. Finally, some do receive God's word in a beautiful and good heart and bear fruit with endurance. In their feeble hearts, the true power of God's word is shown. And why? Why the sower sows the way he does? No matter how many paths or rocks or thorns there are, God's word will always produce a harvest hundredfold. That's the point of the parable of the sower. God's word will always bring a harvest hundredfold. Soils aren't the point. Because the truth is, for all of us, there are times the devil steals the word away. It should, it should bother you. Sometimes we're excited. But then life gets tough. And then we're in grave danger of losing our faith. And sometimes, most times, there's all sorts of junk in our life that chokes the word, silences it. And we become unfruitful, unloving toward God or toward the people in our daily lives. But in each case, Jesus hints that the word will grow, even in such places, if only for a bit. For God's word will always bring a harvest hundredfold. Only in good soil, of course. But how is it good? Well, it's free of rocks, thorns, and devil. How? By the word alone. You are pure through the word I speak to you, Jesus promises. Scripture alone, baptism alone, absolution alone, the sacrament alone, the word alone, preaching alone, speaking, sowing into your ears, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs alone, we singing the word into our hearts. Historically, the church loved God's word so much, prized it so much, it sang it. But each and every time, no matter which it is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, because in each the sower sows, and God's word will bear a harvest hundredfold, always, because it doesn't come back empty-handed. That's Isaiah 55. What about those rocks and thorns, though? Create in me a clean heart, O God. His word alone answers that prayer. He promises in Jeremiah, My word is like fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. His word does that. Which word? Scripture, of course. And the Bible also says baptism and preaching and absolution and supper, too. 
And there's a hundredfold because each sowing, each seed offers the whole thing. Like last week's, full pay for everyone. A full word this week for each soil. Only the devil takes words away, but the Lord is abundantly sowing his word that you would bear a hundredfold. In the name of Jesus.